Hello, welcome to the Home with a Twist podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Austin Weeks. Growing up, pulling on my mother's apron strings, I learned to prepare fabulous food, entertain guests with style, and design a traditional home with a retro twist. I am the founder and editor-in-chief of the Home with a Twist blog, where I share my passion for finding joy in every day. Grab your coffee or iced tea, and let's dive into this week's episode. Welcome, everyone. It is episode five of the Home with a Twist podcast, the week of November 19th, 2018, the week of Thanksgiving, my favorite holiday of the year. I am going to share a deeply personal story with you this week. I share these personal stories because I want you to know a little bit about me. Someone asked me the other day, why do you enjoy podcasting? How is that different than blogging? And for me, a podcast is I'm able to share things with you from my heart that don't necessarily have pictures that go with them. I think it's sometimes it's hard to read a story without pretty pictures. And the fact is, is that sometimes life is just not pretty. And when I share something with you on a podcast, I think you can form your own picture and hopefully maybe know my heart a little better. I suffered a significant loss one Thanksgiving 20 years ago, and I want to share that story with you. And I also want you to know that... My faith is very important to me, and before this loss, it really wasn't, and I hope for those of you who maybe God is not front and center in your life, that you will want to still spend time with me for the next 10 or 15 minutes when I share this story with you, and see how my faith has evolved over the years and why. Thanksgiving is something I'm really thankful for, and it may not be for the reasons you think. If you've listened to previous podcasts, you've learned and heard my stories about grief and loss. I share those with you not to be a downer, but to help you understand how my experiences have really shaped me into the person that you know and hear today. While I would never want to relive them, I am grateful for them. I have learned so much about me. I've gained empathy for others. It's strengthened me as a person. It's made me a better wife, mother, best friend, sister. And it has brought me so much closer to God. Shortly after Mr. B and I married, we decided to start our family pretty quickly. I was in my mid-30s, he in his 40s. We had both been married previous. And so we knew that having a family was something that was really important to us. And unfortunately, the biological clock was not in my favor. Sadly, we had a rocky start uh, to the attempt to have a family. We had two back-to-back miscarriages. And finally, on try number three, it looked like we would have the baby that we had longed for. But on Thanksgiving Day, 1998, and I can't believe it's been 20 years ago, it will be on November 26th, 
we said goodbye to our stillborn son, John. As we were checking into labor and delivery, I still remember seeing the nurse place a cutout of a leaf on the door, which was a sign to others that this mother was not preparing for a joyful delivery. My husband and I ate hospital Thanksgiving food and stared in disbelief at each other. How could my favorite day of the year be this? Following John's death, I suffered from depression, and my world, which had stopped turning, was dark. It was very dark, pitch black. I felt like I was submerged in a big vat of jello. Able to move, but slowly and with great effort, and the sounds of the world were muffled. Time stood still like a silent movie, deafening with quiet. I couldn't function. I couldn't get out of bed without great effort. I felt disconnected from anything pleasurable. I was empty and I had nothing left inside of me. This scripture from 2 Corinthians 12.10 says, When you've done everything that you can do, that's when God will step in and do what you can't do. I couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't do life. I believe in God. I went to church from an infant, sang in the youth choir, went to Sunday night youth group, went with my parents to church on Sundays, but when I went away to college, like a lot of college kids, I found other things to do that I felt were more important than church. So really for about 15 years, I had disconnected myself from God. And after I lost John, I knew this misery I was feeling was not going to go away on its own. So I had nothing else to lose but to invite God back into my life. Which, by the way, he had never left. And I asked him for help. What else did I have to lose? Nothing. I said, God, I need you because I cannot do this by myself anymore. And this was the first time in my life for me to say these words. For me to ask for help. It wasn't an overnight miracle that suddenly I woke up and I was grief-free, depression-free, but I did feel a sense of relief and positive things started happening for me. I began to pray and seek conversation with God every day. I will tell you this for certain. God delights in helping you with your struggles, whatever those struggles are. If you think of him as a parent and the way you could go to your parent to confess a misgiving or a struggle and how nurturing and loving that exchange feels, that's how it was for me. I prayed for a good night's sleep. I prayed for anxiety to leave my body. I prayed to stay in the moment and not think about the future. If you are having something that's weighing on your heart, give it to God. Do you function one way on the outside to others because you want to appear like your life is perfect? But on the inside, you are a completely different person and a stranger even to yourself for fear that people won't love you if they knew the real you? This is a God thing. 
Jesus came to help the broken. And I am learning to live my life reaching out to God's loving arms. I am learning to find gratitude through the brokenness. And every moment I choose to be grateful for the time that I had with my son, John, my parents, and my brother, is time that I am not afraid or anxious about the future. Because gratitude and fear cannot exist at the same time. It's God's promise to give you hope in the future. So this Thanksgiving, like every Thanksgiving, I pause and I reflect on that day in 1998 where my life changed for the good. Of course, I still think about him. I think about what he would look like. I wonder, would he look like my daughter? Would he be tall like his dad? Would he have brown hair and green eyes or brown hair and brown eyes? I miss my son, but I'm grateful that I had him in my life for just a few minutes. My wish for you in the coming week is one of comfort and peace and the knowledge that you are loved. Thank you for letting me share that deeply personal story and allowing me to be vulnerable. I hope that in some way it helps you if you are really struggling, especially this holiday season. And coming up, a very special recipe from my mother's recipe book after this. Okay, so we're going to change gears to something a little bit um, more lighthearted. Uh, it's Mother's Thanksgiving Sweet Potato Delight. I talk about this every year on my blog. It is not Thanksgiving without these sweet potatoes. And a funny little story, I think I shared it on my blog, but I told Miss B my plan this year for outsourcing all of our Thanksgiving sides. Her dad is still cooking the turkey. My sweet little niece is bringing a couple of sides. It's, I am super psyched that I don't have to cook anything. I really am, and I just thought I would never be like that. But I'm just really enjoying the fact that I can wear stretchy pants and set a pretty table and eat and gorge myself and then take a nap afterward and not have to worry about any cleanup. So anyway, I told Miss B I was outsourcing everything, and when she found out I was going to be outsourcing the sweet potatoes, she put the kibosh on that in like a serious way. So I've already placed my shipped order. Um, shipped, if y'all have read my blog this past week, uh, is a wonderful service that I use to do all my grocery shopping. Um, the grocery store that I, it's connected to, it's a, it's a company that's owned by Target. So Target, Kroger, and Central Market are the three, in my area, the three grocery stores that Shipped has a contract with. So I place my order with Shipped. I get to pick the delivery time. They do my shopping for me. The great thing is, is if they get there and there's not something I want, they text me and ask me, is a substitute okay? They send me pictures of things to make sure it's okay. They come to the house, they bring it in, and if I wanted them to, they would even unpack my groceries and put them away for me. So it's a great service. And if you go to my blog, homewithatwist.com, I have a promo code that gets you $50 off your annual membership. 
It is $100 a year unless you get a deal like this and get it for $50. But what that gets you is unlimited grocery delivery. You can do it every week, every day, as long as you spend at least $30. But the other great thing about it is if you know anyone who has had a baby and can't get out or a college student that needs groceries delivered because they don't have a car, or even if you just want to send someone a nice gesture of sending them some, some groceries and food for the week, you can have your order delivered to anyone you want. So that's a, that's a great service. But back to these sweet potatoes, I, what I love about this recipe is the buttery, sugary topping that covers the mashed sweet potatoes on top. It's almost like a dessert. And um, I put it, do you do this when you eat your Thanksgiving food? I usually put on my fork three things, a bite of turkey, dressing, and sweet potatoes, or maybe cranberry sauce, and then I eat it all at once. I just love the flavor of all the different foods in my mouth. Now, some people are purists and they have to eat one thing at a time. Uh, Mr. B is very much like that. In fact, if you looked at his plate, it's something we lear I learned about him when we first got married, is that he will sample, uh, take a bite of each thing, and then he will rank order what he likes least all the way up to what he likes best. And so what he does first is he eats what he likes least. So I always know whenever I cook dinner what his least favorite thing was. So I will report back to you what his least favorite thing was on his plate for Thanksgiving. But usually my mother's sweet potatoes are at the top, so that's usually one of the last things that he eats. But a funny episode of Friends that I think about every year, and if you don't know this episode, be sure to Google it on YouTube, is the episode called The Moist, Make Moist Maker. And it's when Ross gets irate when someone eats his sandwich that he had left over from Thanksgiving. And it is hilarious. So that always makes me think of um, Thanksgiving every year. Um, Mother didn't write down her recipe for dressing, and I'm, I'm sad about that. So I have tried for years to replicate it, and unfortunately I haven't been able to. So... Um, Anyway, her, thankfully she did write down her recipe for the Sweet Potato Delight, and I am going to pull the recipe up for you. It's on my blog, homewithatwist.com, but just in case you're at the grocery store or you're out walking on the treadmill right now and you're wanting to know how to make this fabulous side, here it is. I do not use fresh sweet potatoes. Like, I don't bake them and do this. I buy the canned. So you do you and whatever makes you feel most um, comfortable. The recipe calls for one large can of sweet potatoes, and I usually do two to three of the big cans, like the big ones that they put on the bottom of the shelf. You, I pour the a little bit of the juice off, but you heat the potatoes and juice and mash them. And if you, like I said, if you want to use baked potatoes, you could. You'd have to do the math to figure out how many sweet potatoes you'd need to equal a can of sweet potatoes. I don't know the math on that. Okay, so after you have heated the sweet potatoes, I put them into a big mixing bowl. And you add in one stick of melted butter, one teaspoon of vanilla, three-quarter cup of sugar, one-third cup of evaporated milk, two eggs that you've beaten, and you combine all of that, mash everything together because you want the sweet potatoes to be nice and mixed and fluffy. You don't want chunks of sweet potato. 
and then you pour the pour all of that into a buttered 9 by 13 dish. Okay, then once you've gotten that in the dish, you mix in another mixing bowl, a cup of brown sugar, one third cup of flour, one third cup of melted butter, I'm sorry, one third stick, one third stick of melted butter, one half cup of chopped pecans, and you make a crumble. So you sprinkle that all on the top of your sweet potatoes, and then you bake uncovered at 350 degrees for 30 minutes. And what happens is that topping kind of turns into like a praline topping. It gets kind of crunchy and crispy. It is delicious. So that's why I always double and triple the, I don't triple the actual recipe. I just triple the amount of sweet potatoes. And that way you'll have plenty for leftovers for later that night or the next day. Okay, so while we're on the subject of cooking, I had the opportunity last week, my friend Andrea, that I went to college with, also is who is a nurse, and I've known her for, well, we've been out of college now for 30, 30 years. We graduated in 88. So yeah, it's been 30 years. Wow, gosh. Anyway, we went to an evening with Ina Garden, and it was at the McFarland Auditorium on the SMU campus, and she was being interviewed about her latest book, Cooking Like a Pro, and how she became a household name both with her cookbooks and on the Food Network. And it was a delightful evening. The moderator was probably not my favorite, um, but it was interesting to hear Ina's background and how where she came from, which she basically is not a classically trained chef. Cooking is something that she taught herself. It was just something that she enjoyed doing. Uh, she and her husband, Jeffrey, who she spends a lot of time talking about, purchased a specialty food store in the Hamptons on a whim for something fun to do because she was tired of her job, which, by the way, was working with nuclear energy in two of the White House administrations. So she is brilliant. She has a degree in business, business administration, which proved to be really helpful in the operation of her store. It grew from like maybe five employees to over 100, and they ended up moving twice to accommodate the growth both in the business and in the products that she was selling in the store. I didn't ever, I've never had a chance to go, but apparently, for those of you who maybe have gone, you could tell me about it. It was a specialty food store, and then they also sold deli items and fresh baked bread and yummy desserts and uh, breakfast breads for the people there in the community. She told the funny story about how she was courted by the Food Network for many, many years before she finally agreed to do the show, and since that time she's written 10 cookbooks. I love her books because they are really easy to follow and the recipes are duplicatable. I did pick up a signed copy to give, and hopefully my niece, my little 14-year-old niece is not listening to this, but I got her a signed copy for Christmas because I decided I wanted to start helping her create a library of cookbooks that she can use when she gets to be a grown-up. She loves to cook, and I think she, actually that's maybe something that she wants to, to aspire to be as a chef. So I thought, what better way to start her collection than with a book from Ina that's that's also happens to be signed. But in Ina's book, she has, well, actually not in the cooking 
like a pro book, but in another book that I have, it's called Make It Ahead. It's the name of the book. She has 10 tips for preparing for a dinner party. And I thought this was really ideal, especially since we're coming upon Thanksgiving and the holidays ahead. So I wanted to share with you what her top 10 tips are. Um, we're a little bit behind on number one, but a week ahead, instead of keeping everything in your head, write down a game plan for both the week and the week of the party. And I do this. I make lists. I divide them into shopping lists, things I want to try to do around the house, um, maybe linens that I want to pull down from my party pantry. Do I need to do some ironing of napkins? What flowers do I want to shop for? Uh, what china do I want to use? You know, what kind of is going to be your theme of your party? Um, number two, a week ahead, shop for the pantry ingredients and then shop for fresh ingredients the day before the party. So pantry ingredients, she probably means things that are not going to spoil, like your flowers, your sugars, your any spices that you're going to need for your sauces or your gravies. And then your fresh ingredients would be things like your milk, your cheese, your fresh herbs that you're going to purchase from, from the grocery store. Um, number three on her list is a week ahead, order cookies with people's name on them for place cards. She said she ordered decorator cookie, decorated cookies from elizabar.com, which is E-L-I-Z-A-B-A-R.com. One of my favorite cookie makers is Georgie Girl Bake Shop, and she is has a store in Waxahachie. It's actually not really a store. She does it out of her home. But there's been at least three occasions that I've had her make cookies for me, and they are works of art. So I think that's a really fun idea to have someone that knows what they're doing and has a, a beautiful um, way of styling cookies to make place cards because they can be something the person can either enjoy after dinner or take home with them. Okay, number four, three days ahead, set the table, as long as it's not a table you ordinarily use during the week. I would love to be able to say that I could do this. Unfortunately, I have a tiny little orange kitten named Trevor who loves to get on top of the table. And the other cats also like to get up there and eat any fresh flowers that I have on the table. So I probably would have to wait until the morning of the event and make sure that Trevor et al. are all locked up in the bedroom before I could do that. But I think it is a good idea to, at least in some part of your house, maybe pull all your china and your crystal and your silverware that you're going to be using in one area. So all you have to do is quickly go and be able to grab it. Make sure all your glassware is clean, that if you're using really good silver, make sure it's polished. I know before big parties, this was always one of my daddy's favorite things to do was mother would put him in his big chair with a big um, bucket of silverware and polish and a cloth. And while he watched all his fun little shows, he would, he would polish the silverware. Number five, up to a few days ahead, prep as many ingredients as possible and store them in plastic bags in the fridge. I love to do this, especially the night before we go to bed on Christmas Eve. Miss B always wants me to make a couple of um, casseroles, Mrs. Burdett's casserole, and then also a French toast casserole. The French toast casserole in particular has a crumbly top that's very similar to the one I told you about for the sweet potato casserole. 
And what I do is I like to mix it up and I put it into a Ziploc bag and then I'll put that Ziploc bag into the refrigerator. And so the next morning when I get up, I'm not busy scrambling, measuring, and doing all that prep. All I have to do is just pour the topping right onto the top of the French toast casserole. Number six, two days ahead, arrange the flour so the petals have time to fully open. I actually did that today. I stopped by Albertsons and picked out my roses for the table. I am going to go, I went with Tropicana oranges, which are the color of tangerine, are my favorite color of rose. And I especially love it if they have a little tinge to the tips with yellow. So I bought a, um, a dozen Tropicana roses, and then I bought um, another dozen roses because they were $10.99. Great prices on roses right now because not everybody's decorating with roses on the table. I bought a bunch that are kind of um, a yellowish orange. And so I'm going to line the table up and down with that and some greenery and candles, and it's going to look lovely. Number seven, a day ahead, uncork, taste, and chill your wine. I actually am going to, well, we probably will have wine maybe during the meal, but I've got a cocktail recipe that I'm going to share with you in just a few minutes that I think is going to be my welcome cocktail for the guests we have coming on Thursday. Number eight, a day ahead, pull your platters, serving pieces you'll need, and place post-it notes on each one to remind yourself which food goes where. I know this seems so basic that like, I know what plate I'm going to put my bread on, but you know what? When you're in the thick of everything, something's always going to go wrong. You are pulled in lots of different directions. You still have to get yourself ready for the party. I always do this. It's a trick my mother taught me years ago, and it's a great one. You know, write out on a post-it note what temperature everything is, how long it needs to bake for, stick that on the top of your casserole, get out all of your dishware, and really think through exactly where everything's going to be plated. Because if you have a lot of friends and family in the kitchen talking to you and wanting to chat, they can jump in and help you, and you can basically hand them a dish and say this is where this goes and they know exactly and they can actually be really helpful which is what your guests want. Number nine, a few hours ahead put ground coffee and water in the coffee maker but don't turn it on until you're ready to serve dessert. That worked perfectly for me when I used to have a coffee maker and like an old-school coffee maker now everybody has Keurigs but that was true. I would even that might even be something I would do right after I finish my coffee in the morning is get the coffee pot ready for company. And then number 10, before the party, run the dishwasher and empty it so you're ready for cleanup afterward. And that is key. As soon as you finish breakfast that morning on Thanksgiving or any day of a party, run your dishwasher, empty it out, because you know the very first thing people ask you as soon as the meal's over, can I help you clear the table? It would be super if they really could clear the table and put everything in the dishwasher so it's out of sight. So you can find more of Ina's tips and recipes for holiday entertaining either on her website, on the Food Network's website, or these 10 tips were in her book, Make It Ahead, and you can also go to Williams Sonoma, which has a lot of her, our, her tips. So we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, I'm going to share a recipe from Ina Garden for a fabulous cocktail that has cranberries in it. Thank you. 
So here is a recipe for a fabulous cocktail, which I try to offer you every time we're together. It's cranberry martinis, and this recipe makes six drinks, and it is an Ina Garden recipe from her book, Make It Ahead. And I'm gonna, it's on page 27 of the cookbook, and I'm gonna read what she wrote. Last November, I filmed a Food Network special called Thanksgiving Live to answer viewers' questions about cooking Thanksgiving dinner. Bobby Flay made a delicious cranberry martini to sip while we worked. What a good idea. They looked so festive and my guests loved them. Infuse the vodka with orange zest and cranberries at least two days ahead. So it sounds like that's probably something I've got to, to start working on tomorrow. Okay, so the recipe is one cup of sugar, one cup of fresh cranberries, six strips of orange zest plus extra for serving and one 750 milliliter bottle of good vodka, like Grey Goose, one cup cranberry juice cocktail, preferably tart, and a quarter cup triple sec and ice. And in the picture, she's got them served in a cosmopolitan glass. It looked beautiful. So several days ahead, place the sugar, cranberries, and six strips of orange zest and one cup of water in a small saucepan. Bring to a boil, lower the heat and simmer for five minutes until the cranberries start to pop open. Pour the vodka into a large pitcher, add the cranberry mixture, and store covered in the refrigerator for at least two days up to five days. So tomorrow's being Tuesday. Um, I'm, I'm going to definitely have to do this tomorrow so it'll be ready for Thursday. When ready to serve, strain the vodka mixture, reserving the cranberries and discarding the orange zest, Stir in the cranberry juice cocktail in triple sec. Fill a cocktail shaker with ice. Add the drink mixture. Shake for a full 30 seconds. It's longer than you think. She has that in parentheses. And strain into martini glasses. Rub the rim of each glass with a fresh orange zest. Spoon a few cranberries into each glass and serve ice cold. And in her little side, one of the things I love about her cookbook is she gives great notes. Um, she says, I use a vegetable peeler to make strips of, of orange zest. And then she says, make it ahead, prepare the entire cocktail mixture and refrigerate up to three days and shake with ice before serving. So that is going to be our cocktail on Thanksgiving Day. I'm really looking forward to that. Coming up, some fun icebreaker questions that you can ask your guests at the Thanksgiving table. <music> icebreakers. Uh, what I mean by that are little questions that you can ask your guests to help them get to know each other and in some cases to really break the ice. A lot of times in conferences or workshops they'll they'll divide up in groups and um, do activities like this which I have to say by the way when I go to a conference I don't want to do icebreakers. I don't want to do icebreakers with other people and that's strange when you go to a conference you're actually there to meet people and to learn new things I don't know, when I go to conferences, I just kind of want to be like at my own table with my brand new notebook that I purchased and colored Sharpies and brand new pencils and pens and my little tote bag I take with all my um, like lip gloss and hand lotion that I take to conferences. And I don't want to visit with people. I don't know. I'm probably 
I, I bet you there's probably a lot of other people out there like that. But when I do have people over I and in small group settings, I really do like to use icebreakers because I think it helps to bring people together. If you're on Pinterest, follow me on Pinterest, Home with a Twist. I have great boards, but one in particular is if you're searching for really good icebreakers, is I have about 81 things pinned to my Pinterest board, and the name of my Pinterest board is Icebreakers. Lately, there's been a lot that I have pinned called This or That, where it's kind of like an either or or would you rather type situation. So I found a few that I thought I would share with you and, and give you the answer so you can get to know me a little better. This one's called This or That Adventure Edition, and you're supposed to pick one. So as, when you're doing this at your table, you could either write these down on a piece of paper or you could be the moderator and just pose the question and everybody kind of has to answer, which is kind of fun to do. Safari Adventures or Sailboat Voyage? Um, I would probably pick Sailboat Voyage. Actually, Mr. B and I, three or four years ago, had the opportunity to take a trip of a lifetime to Turkey, and we did do a, a sailboat voyage, and it was on the, um, in the Mediterranean, and it was amazing. Safari, I probably wouldn't do, only because I don't like intense heat, and... I don't mind it if I'm sitting by a swimming pool, but I don't know that I would want to be on a Jeep out in the middle of the safari. I don't know. Some of you out there probably have done it, and it's amazing, and maybe you need to let me know that I need to try it, but it, for this for this game, I'm going to go with the voyage. Okay, number two, love letters in Paris or magic waterfalls in Hawaii? Mm, I probably have to go with Paris. I've been to Hawaii. It's fabulous, but I've never been to Paris. Northern Lights Camping or Treehouse in Bali. Again, Bali might be hot and buggy because we'll probably be in a jungle. So I'm going to go with Northern Lights Camping. Now, some of you are going to say there are bugs in campsites. Yes, but I love camping and I love being in the mountains and I love, I just have always loved camping. So that's what I'm going to go with. Gelato in Rome or Ramen in Japan. I cannot stay in Ramen Numel, room ramen noodles, so I'm going to go with gelato in Rome. Gondola ride in Venice or a hot air balloon ride in Turkey? Well, I've been to Turkey, so I probably have to say gondola ride in Venice. Road trip in a classic car or red-eye flight in a private jet? I think I would want to do the red-eye flight. I have driven across country with Mr. B in his Porsche, and it was a interesting experience. So I would, I would do the private jet. A holy festival in India or floating lantern festival in Thailand? Hmm. I probably want to do the floating lantern. I think those are pretty. All right, desert daydreams or city night escapades? And definitely it would be city night escapades because deserts are hot. All right, let's try another one. This or that, would I, do I prefer song lyrics or movie quotes? I probably would go with movie quotes because I love quotes. Fresh baked cookies or ice cream floats? Okay, here's something you don't know about me. I don't like ice cream. I know, I'm not American, I don't like ice cream. To me, it's a calories thing. It's like I would rather spend the calories on something more substantial like a big 
fat piece of wedding cake than I would spending it on ice cream. Plus I just don't, it's just not, it's never been my thing. So, sue me. Watercolor skies or watercolor paintings. Um, I love to go to art galleries, but I also love to be outside and look at the sky. So I'd have to go with watercolor skies. Paris or New York City? I've not done either. That's something. So that's a tie. I, I think I would probably have to go with Paris. Music festival or masquerade ball? Mm, I'm not a big masquerade ball person, so it'd have to be a music festival. Cotton candy clouds or crisp autumn leaves? Totally crisp autumn leaves. I'm a total fall girl. Comfy or classy? You know what? I think you can actually be both. I love to be comfy. I love to wear jeans, but I think you can spice it up with some cute loafers and a, uh, maybe a nubby tweed blazer and some cute high heels, and you could be both. And then the last one is lead with your heart or trust in the mind. Mm, I, I again think you could be both. I am a, actually a very good judge of character. I may want to lead with my heart, but I also can pick up on whether somebody is bananas. So I, I lead with my heart, but I also have a pretty good sense of of, um, of someone's temperament. Okay, here here's the last one. This or that. Hugs or kisses? I'm a hugger. I'm a big hugger. Vintage films or vintage music? Uh, I'd have to say vintage music. I'm not a vintage film buff. Silver or gold? Definitely gold. Wild child or goody two-shoes? Two I'm pretty much a goody two-shoes. Plants or flowers? Definitely flowers. Vibrant colors or neutral colors, vibrant colors. It's funny, I asked this question of Mr. B the other night, and he said neutral colors. And I said, how does it feel to you then that you live in a house that is pretty much predominantly hot pink, orange, navy blue, and uh, green? And he just kind of chuckled. Animals or people? I don't know. I love my animals. I have three cats and a dog, and I wouldn't trade them for the world. French Riviera or Italian Riviera? I would actually take either. Really, I don't have a I don't have a say either one. So there are tons more. There's there's even some for um, there's bingo. There's icebreaker. There's you know, this is a fun one. This is an icebreaker game of what's on your phone. That's a real fun one to do. Of just different apps you might have on your phone, like how many apps, how many pictures. So check out my Pinterest board icebreakers. And if you're looking for something fun to do, if you're going to have people over on Thursday and you just kind of want to do something fun, or you've got some parties coming up for the holidays, those are great. So I am so grateful that you joined me this week. I hope you had fun getting to know me and learning something new. And as always, seek joy in every day, especially this week. Find something to be grateful for because we get a chance to wake up every day and start fresh. And it's life. Life is life is great. So y'all have a great week and I will see you next time. So that's a wrap for this week's chat. I want to thank my sponsor, Jabos Ace Hardware. Locally owned and operated, Jabos strives to be the most helpful hardware store in our community. 
shop any of their three locations in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. And I'd love for you to visit my blog, homewithatwist.com, for today's show notes and recent posts. Follow me on social media at Home With A Twist. Thanks for listening, and remember to celebrate every day.